재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Yes, we are getting weird and really weird and wonderful on the very last weird and wonderful of the season because we are talking about the tricks that our brain can play on us, the things that our mind can do, the phenomena that uh, can really shock us. And we'll start off with something called the cocktail party effect. Okay. Now, this is all about selective attention. What it is is the ability to focus one's auditory attention, one's ears, as it were, on a particular stimulus while filtering out a range of other stimuli, much in the same way that when you go to a, a cocktail party, you can focus on a single conversation in a noisy room where the party is being held. Now, this term was coined by a, a British cognitive scientist by the name of Colin Cherry back in the 1950s, and he was interested in selective attention and conducted a few experiments to better understand this cocktail party effect. It's kind of like uh, when you have a camera and you're focusing yeah. on one object. Yes. And your, f- your camera is kind of... Staying in the same place and then to focus on the object behind it. Sure, Your yeah. ears can do the same thing. Exactly. So in this first experiment, what he did was he played back two different messages voiced by the same person through both ears of a pair of headphones and asked the participant to shadow, to basically follow one of the two messages they were hearing by speaking it out loud and later by writing it down. And so by closing their eyes and concentrating hard, the participants could, with effort, separate one of the messages from the other. And then he did a second experiment. This one, he fed one message to the left ear and the other message to the right ear. And once again, it was spoken by the same person. So you were hearing the same voice with two different messages. But suddenly, this was much easier to do. People were surprised how easily and accurately they could tune into either one of the messages and even shift their attention back and forth between the two. This is kind of like what we do uh, every uh, Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. It's what the lyrics. It is. It is in some ways. It's also, <laughs> if you listen to when stereo came in, when bands like the Beatles started using stereo, ah, yes, yes, yes. or even Queen as well with songs like Under Pressure, if you listen to them on headphones, suddenly you can start to pick up different things by listening to either the left or the right. Yeah, well, that's not all. There's also one called the Pygmalion Effect. And this refers to the phenomenon where uh, great expectations promote great achievement. So it derives from a famous story told by the Roman poet Ovid. Uh, in this story, a sculpture falls in love with the statue he's created and prays to Aphrodite, the, is it the goddess of love, yes, Aphrodite, uh, to give him a woman who resembled the statue. So Aphrodite was so touched by his love and turned the statue into a real-life human being, this real woman. And in the end, the sculptor and human-turned-statue could get married to each other, have a happily ever after life. In the story, the name of the sculptor was Pygmalion. And this is how this effect got its name. So, so what, what exactly is the Pygmalion effect then? The point of this is that it is a form of self-fulfilling prophecy so a prediction that causes itself to become true so in this respect people with poor expectations internalize their negative label and those with positive labels succeed accordingly so uh, according to this pygmalion effect if you think your relationship with others is going to fail you're going to start acting differently uh, and it will eventually lead to failure, pulling away emotionally, which may cause it to suffer. But the opposite will happen if you think that this 
this uh, this job interview is going to go well, yeah. then you will deliver in that way accordingly. Sure. If, if you say, I think I can, chances are you can. If you think I can't, then chances are you can't. No. So always be positive. Absolutely. Now, moving on to a, another very strange thing that happens with our brains, cognitive dissonance. Now, this is a really weird and quite unsettling finding when it comes to the human mind. It refers to the discomfort we get when we try to hold on to two competing actions and beliefs. So according to this theory, people who experience this phenomenon unconsciously adjust one belief or action to make it fit with the other due to this discomfort. So they did an experiment back Mm -hmm. in 1959. Two researchers brought together a group of students and made them do some very boring and meaningless tasks. And after one group finished the tasks, the researchers paid them either $1 or the other group $20 and then asked them to lie to the next group, which was actually... Well, it was actually confederates of the researchers. They weren't real students in this Mm case. Um, To lie and tell them that the tasks were very interesting. So following the instructions, both the $1 and the $20 groups lied that the tasks were enjoyable. And then later on, they were asked to rate honestly how much they enjoyed the boring tasks. The $20 group said, nah, boring. But the $1 group reported that the boring tasks were actually fun and enjoyable, much more so than those who got paid $20. So what they concluded here was this cognitive dissonance. The $20 is quite a lot of money back in the 1950s, and so the $20 group thought, yeah, we got paid a lot, so it was, it was enough to make a lie, so I did it. But $1 was not really sufficient incentive to deceive people, so the only way the $1 group could overcome this cognitive dissonance was to persuade themselves, saying, well, I didn't lie for a dollar, it wasn't because of the money, the tasks were actually really fun. Look at that. And this happens, this happens all around the world. You just think, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, I did I did it for me. Hang on a sec, didn't you say that before? <laughs> Have I? I, th- I feel like we've been here. I'm not sure. Is we've this deja this conversation vu? Before. Is yeah. it deja vu, Bajaj? It certainly is. Have you ever experienced the same, like this feeling of familiarity? Feels like you've uh, dreamed about this before? Or you've actually been here before, yeah. Or it actually happened. Now, this feeling of um, you know uh, familiarity is known as deja vu, a French term meaning already seen. It was first described in a scientific literature uh, in the late 1800s, and the universal definition is now used, proposed by uh, Dr. Vern Nepi, uh, who defined it as any uh, subjectively inappropriate impression of familiarity of the present experience with an undefined past. And that's the thing. It isn't defined. It hasn't been. The exact reasons is still unknown. It hasn't been found yet. And even though deja vu is quite common experience for many people, it's not the most widely studied subject because deja vu is kind of a subjective experience and it's quite difficult to induce in research studies like have you ever don't i don't remember i don't know but uh, in any case it's the end of part three have we been here before here's placebo ever you every me